awesome. So tonight we are doing a message called Land of the Free. It's going to be a two-part series, um, and this is part one. Uh, I remember when I was younger, probably the, the earliest memory I had of wanting to be free was probably I found myself in kindergarten um, the first time around. I was, the, the, you know, the, the run to the litter. So anyway, first time around kindergarten. So I'm super young, like, you know, below the cutoff young. And, um, but I had enough sense to be able to say, this is weird. Our teacher, I don't really remember because that's how memory works. I have snapshots I'm going to share with you to make this story work. Um, I remember being really young, small, and the teacher was like, we're going to dance. All right, so they put on this music, and I remember thinking the music is weird. It's uncomfortable. And these kids are, are like zombies just following the leader, and they're dancing. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. Um, so I, I worked hard to just kind of slide through the cracks and not. Um, but I don't know why, but there was this bucket of these like sandy crystals that were like on the windowsill. And, and I kind of just put my hand in this bucket, and I just grabbed a whole bunch of these sandy little crystals out. And I started filling my pockets with them. Uh, this is what kindergartens do. I don't know. So... Everyone's dancing around the room, having a good time, and eventually my pockets just got really full, and I was just like, I don't want this anymore. So like any good kindergartner who has a lot of sense at that age, I took the crystals out of my pocket and just threw it on the floor. So I'm throwing these crystals all over the floor, these little sandy things, they're going everywhere, and I, I don't snapshot because that's how memory works. Uh, my teacher, she's like, what is this? Shuts the music off. She's like, what is this? And she's angry, all the kids. And this is like, you can't really judge kids for this, because they're young, they don't get it, and, and so all my friends who surrounded me, uh, they're too young to realize the truth that, you know, snitches get stitches, um, and I just remember all of them kind of just pointing at me and saying, Andrew did it in unison, and I stood there, and I just laughed, okay, so <laughs> snapshot, you know, it goes on, moves forward, the teacher is vacuuming it up and yelling at me, look what you did, look what you did, and you're probably saying, well, what, at this point, you're getting yelled at. What, what did you do? I just laughed in her face. <laughs> like, what is going on? But I just wanted to be free. I wanted to do my own thing. And I don't even know if they called my parents. My parents are here tonight. My mom's shaking her head. I think the teacher just let it happen. I guess that's what happens with that age. But see, when we're younger, we always say stuff like, when I grow up, look, you know, I want to have ice cream for dinner, right? You know, when you're ever younger, you say that. Or when I grow up, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to stay out late. I'm gonna, and we just kind of take that, and we kind of bring it into adulthood. And so now that most of us in this room are adults, minus a few of us here that can't drive, or, you know, or, but even those of you who can't drive, I'm, I'm referring to, to Phoenix right there. Hey, what's up, girl? Um, those of you who can't drive, they're old enough to make decisions. I'm, that was not an insult to you. It's just sporadic, not-in-the-notes type of talking here. Um, now I threw myself off, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, so we kind of grow up, and we learn to kind of play nice, but we take that idea into adulthood. And so we are blessed. Just kind of time out on the message. We are blessed to live in a country where we are free. And I just want to take a moment just to thank those people who have sacrificed their time, their energies, time away from their families to serve our country in the services and to, to be overseas. And sometimes the ultimate sacrifice, even bringing death, to so that we can be free. And so I just want us to be grateful for that here tonight. Um, but as we move on, we kind of, what I want to talk about is though our nation is free, when it comes to us individually, are our souls free? 
When it comes to our personal decisions, our, our use of our freedom, is it bringing us more freedom or is it making us confined? And so we live in a, in a culture where everything is instant. Instagram, you know, you want to order something on eBay, you could do it right now and it'll come to your house, well, Amazon, I mean, Monday it will be there, you know? And so we can get things immediately. We are bombarded by a culture that tells us to live how we want, eat what we want, do what makes you feel good. We're bombarded by a culture that tells us to follow every single feeling, every single passion, every idea and pursuit of pleasure, and it it just encourages us to run after it. And see, there's good passions here tonight, but we all know what we're talking about when we know that there are bad passions, things that bring and take away life. And so as a people and as a church, we can find ourselves kind of falling into this. Because culture has a current, and, and, currents, and culture's current is going, and it's easy for us to get slipped into it every once in a while. So I think what we're talking about here tonight is important. Now, when I ran kind of some of these ideas by the guys as we were talking about um, this series, uh, you know, Doug kind of pointed out, he said, man, this message is kind of like resetting a bone. And I want us to think that, that someone who breaks a bone, and, and maybe it's starting to grow in wrong, okay, um, they go to the doctor. What happens? The doctor kind of snaps it into place, not to hurt the person, but in hopes that setting it correctly will bring healing. And tonight, in love, I just want to talk about some, some things that are going on in our hearts and, and in our nation and just things that are going on that I believe tonight, if we just kind of set and align straight and we see where, where there's real freedom and, and how we should use our freedom, I believe tonight we will see more healing. Uh, Dimitri Martin, in one of his sketches, um, in more colorful language, but I'm using less, um, says this quote, and I think it's worth saying, he said that people only mention it's a free country when they're doing something trashy. Um, And then he uses this example of saying, you know, like, someone's like, hey, that's my seat. It's a free country. You know, he's like, why don't people use that term when they're doing something nice? Like you hold the door open for someone and you're like, oh, thank you. It's a free country. You know, we're only using it in a negative way to justify negative behavior. And here's the thing, that freedom is an absolute blessing. When we are blessed to live where we are, we have a lot of privileges that a lot of the world does not have. But what we do with our freedom matters. The choices that you and I make every single day matter. And so, and how we use our freedoms, do we, do we abuse them? Are we truly free or are we more confined? I think we've seen a lot of what culture can bring, a lot of different things. In the news, we've seen people confined by hatred, by racism and bigotry. And the question that we can ask is, are those people free? Physically, yes. But spiritually, they're confined by racism. They're confined by something else. And so we can live in a land where people can be free, but are they really? And I just want to kind of take a time out and just comment on some of the things that have been happening in Charlottesville and just say that absolutely breaks our hearts. And it, because it breaks God's heart. White supremacists, KKK, Nazis, they all hold offending beliefs. These beliefs that are, are evil and that you can't even justify. Some of them use scripture to kind of rationalize. And I just want to say as a church, we completely condemn that. 
The church condemns it. It's the opposite of the gospel. Christ died to bring the nations together, to bring two groups into one. And so tonight, we need to just remember that the way we fight that is by condemning it, but also by praying. And, and you can't fight hate with hate, but we got to fight hate with love. But we got to call it for what it is here tonight. And so this is our culture. We can see people who are free, but yet spiritually are confined. And see, tonight, freedom isn't bad. But again, it, it matters how we use our freedoms. Tonight, when we think about our individual issues, or we think about our na- nation's issues, are we... Is it leading us to life? Is our freedom leading us to life or is it leading us to death? Our culture can look at Christianity and say, man, they're, they're filled with all these laws and all these rules. And sometimes us Christians, we could be known for our don'ts, right? Like, oh, I, I don't do that. I don't sleep around. I don't go to the club. I don't drink too much. I don't, whatever it may be, we, we don't. And, and culture can kind of look at us and laugh and say, these people. And, and maybe as a Christian, you sit here and you say, yeah, you're looking through your Instagram. You're kind of looking at all the different things that people are doing. It looks like they're having an awesome time. It, the, the faces, they're smiling. They're, they're filled with life. And sometimes we can be tempted to think, man, I should just go with culture's current. I know what, what the Bible says, but, but man, these people look like they're, they're having a blast. And I think every once in a while, we've got to hit pause, and we've got to kind of challenge our own hearts. We've got to say, is that really bringing us life? Because as we look deeper, because culture has a veneer, as we look deeper beneath that veneer, as we go under the surface, we see that there's so many people not free. Be it racism, be it... Lust, be it drugs, be it alcohol, be it some people are just completely just taken by the the sex and and, and greed. And sometimes we can confuse greed and working hard as the same thing. We can say, oh, well, that person works really hard. And hear, hear me, we should work hard. We should earn what we get and we should provide for our families. But then there's chasing the almighty dollar and working so hard so we can have more and more. And so we're chasing our greed. So even though we're free, we're slave. Whether it be bitterness or selfishness or the hurt that we feel, the anger that we have towards what happened when we were younger. We just can't forgive. Unforgiveness, all of these things can confine us. Even just this area, the slave of just trying to keep up with the lavish lifestyle. Culture programs us every single day to take what we want, to do what we want. And statistically, America is one of the most medicated nations in the world. Ranks the third most depressed nation. And I understand that there are some things that, that are, you know, beyond medicine and there's some, you know, physical aspects that, that you know, people legitimately need medication. That's fine. But, but outside of that, I'm almost wondering if, are we so medicated and depressed because we've strayed from God? We strayed from the true freedom in the pursuit of, of trying to get freedom. We, we almost have lost it. And though we are physically free, I wonder tonight, are we spiritually free? What's at stake here tonight is that you and I, we all have the ability. And, and here's why. Because we live and we're surrounded by a culture that just programs us to do this. And so 
we're going to find ourselves kind of, you know, autopilot, sometimes following, the, oh, wow, what am I doing? And that's why we need tonight. So this is not to make anyone feel um, condemned. It's just to kind of bring out the truth and for us to kind of, you know, hang out on the truth and just make sure, hey, course correct if necessary. But what's at stake is here that we have the capability to make wrong decisions, to kind of take our freedoms and make ourselves more confined by the things that we choose. And so if you're a, a Christian here tonight and you're just struggling, man, I pray that you would um, come with us on this journey as we look at what God has to say, um, what, what Jesus says about freedom. And I, and I hope that you'll find that true freedom. And, and if you're new to Christianity um, or you're just checking it out, you got, you got questions, um, you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself a follower of Jesus. We're excited you're here, and we want you to feel free to ask questions. We want you to feel free to, to grow in your faith, but maybe you too have experienced disappointment um, from following culture, following the, the kind of going with the current, and maybe you've, you've seen, man, I followed my passions, and, and it didn't satisfy, and it brought a lot of hurt, and it leaves me more confined sometimes. And so I hope you would be um, open and walk with us tonight as we decide, look through uh, what Christ has to say. And so we're going to be in John uh, chapter 8 here tonight, verse 31. And Jesus is talking to his fellow Jews, and he talks about this aspect of freedom. So in verse 31, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Maybe we've heard this verse before. We've heard it quoted, right? But I love what Jesus says that sometimes often we can kind of look over. He says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And so Jesus is suggesting to these, this, this crowd that he's talking to that you are not free. He's saying, continue in my word. Then you're going to be disciples of mine. But then you will know the truth and what that truth will make you free. So he's suggesting to these people he's talking to that they are not free. Free. And so verse 33, they respond. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? And so this is almost a passionate reply. You, you ever like kind of, you know, start talking to someone and, and you bring up a passionate, uh, something that they're passionate about, but you're on the other side of that argument and they just start saying stuff that makes no sense? You know, they start coming up with these accusations. You're like, that doesn't even make any sense. You know, that's exactly kind of what happened here is that all the commentaries I was reading was saying that these people have said, look, we're Abraham's descendants. We have never been enslaved to anyone. But, well, time out. Historically, that's not true. Because what happened to Egypt? The Jewish people were, were kept captive for 400 years. How do you forget about that? Babylon, 70 years. They were in Babylonian captivity. And so these guys, maybe they were just talking about just their life. They're saying, look, maybe this happened in the past. But we haven't been enslaved by anyone. We're free. And they're thinking about themselves in the now, but they're forgetting what is really going on. And here's Jesus in the flesh. He's just trying to lovingly show them they are not free. Cambridge Commentary said something really cool. It said, the power which the human mind possesses of keeping inconvenient facts out of sight is very considerable. And so for us, we could take this as maybe ignorance is bliss, right? Something is it's troubling us. 
or it's inconvenient to, to how we're living our life. And our first response is almost to dismiss it, to ignore it. And this is the land of the free. And so we're programmed to kind of live for the moment. And, and Steph and I, uh, my wife, were talking on the way here. And she said, yeah, it, it's almost like in America, the luxury that we have, we have a luxury to be able to just kind of tune out. You know, most nations, they, when, when something goes on or something in our life goes on, uh, they can't tune out from it. They don't have Netflix. I could, you know, turn the news off and turn Netflix on and be entertained. Defenders just came out this past week. I'm stoked. You know what I'm saying? We have an opportunity to tune out. And see, ignorance isn't really bliss. It's, it's kind of living in a false reality. And in America, we can so often choose that false reality because we think it's easier. You know, it's easier to look at the news and say, man, those people, those people are racist. Man, that, that is crazy. That, that happened all the way down in Virginia. But that cannot possibly be happening here. And see, like the people that Jesus was talking to, we have the ability to kind of pave over things that are inconvenient, things that are, are, are hard to see. We could just tune out and we could just look away. But the truth is, when we think about racism, when we think about bigotry, when we even think about any sin or any struggle that is common to man, we need to realize something important, that this doesn't pop up out of nowhere. You know, I just don't wake up one day, like, oh, okay, it's Sunday, and have a drinking problem today, you know? I don't just wake up Tuesday and decide I'm start robbing banks. I become a bank robber, you know? Like, something has to happen. Something has to be under the surface. Something has to develop, and, and time, and time, and it grows, and grows, and then it emerges. When we see something like Charlottesville, Something, something that crazy of, as of that nature kind of emerged to this, the surface. We need to realize it doesn't pop out of nowhere, that there's a root that is deeper to all of that. In, in my sin, in your sin that we kind of make excuses for sometimes, that there's a, a root that we need to dig up. But so often, since we're so free to entertain and distract and follow culture's current, we don't. We ignore the condition that is going on in our hearts and our lives. And, and this is what these people are doing. And Jesus is just arguing with them. He's saying, look, you guys are bound. And they're like, no, we ain't. So the conversation continues in verse 34. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, this is Jesus talking, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. And so Jesus, he talks about our condition. He says, those who habitually practice sin are slaves to sin. And so for us, as a culture, we can kind of downplay it, you know? It's almost like we're like, you know, uh, I'll just do more good to outweigh the bad. That's what our culture kind of says, like, oh, well, just be a good person, and you'll be all set. And the people of that day, they were set in their ways, just like us, and they didn't want to see different. Alexander McLaren uh, asked a question um, talking about these verses, and he says this, because we do not realize the slavery, are we not indifferent to the offer of freedom? Because we do not realize the slavery, are we not indifferent to the offer of freedom? So when we think we're free, 
right? And someone comes up to us and offers us freedom, kind of like, dude, I already have that. You know, it's like, it's like I'm holding a soda, and you come up to me and say, Andrew, do you want a soda? I was like, well, I already, I already got one, dude. Like, thanks, but I'm good. And so often, we can kind of find ourselves not realizing that today, maybe we're not free. And the truth is this, is that we all fall short from God, all of us. Whether you're a believer here tonight or you're not, you know, I'm not holier than you, you're not holier than me, we all need Jesus. Like, I'm not going to get into heaven because of my merit. I'm a messed up human being. So are you, respectfully. We all need Christ. Because all, at one point, we have all been slaves to our passions and our desires at one point or another. We've all committed sin, and the Bible says that if we've committed sin, we've all fallen short of the glory of God, which means that we're enslaved to sin. And if that means, if we're enslaved, then that means we need to be set free. Jesus kind of continues to break down what slavery and freedom looks like. He says, the slave does not remain, verse 35, slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does, the son does remain forever. And so Jesus is stating some facts. He's saying the slave isn't free. They don't get to enjoy the benefits of being free. They don't get to be in the house. They don't get to enjoy the hot tub. They don't get to, you know, uh, hang out on the tennis courts, you know, whatever. They don't enjoy that. But the son is free and enjoys the inheritance that comes from the father. And so often you and I can choose to be in the spot of the slave thinking it's going to bring freedom because we can coddle our sin. We can follow the pursuit of our pleasures, our hobbies, living for ourselves, ignoring God's ways and living for our own. And we kind of think that like, all right, hey God, like what you say is cool, but you know, culture's kind of, I'm just going to go here. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. You'll be there? Cool. I'm going to go here. And we almost follow culture thinking it will bring us freedom, thinking it will bring us life, but it always disappoints. And maybe it's fun for a season. The Bible even says that sin is fun for a season, but it always leaves you hungry, thirsty, and dying inside. You're like, I'm so happy I came to church tonight. And that's why it's so important. It's so important that we remind ourselves that our way maybe isn't working. And maybe there's another way out there that brings life. And maybe we've been distracted. God's not angry. God's not a God that's, that's furious. It's like, well, you messed up, so you can't come back. No. But sometimes we need to course correct ourselves back into the love of God. Because often what we think of as freedom, the sin that we can call freedom, right? It actually confines and disqualifies us from true freedom. And the truth is that no one breathing and living on this planet can go through it without being touched by sin. We can't leave this place without being unscathed by sin. But here's the greatest part that Jesus has great news. In verse 36, he gets to what he's getting to. He says this, so if the sun makes you free... You will be free indeed. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free 
indeed. And so Jesus is speaking to his Jewish audience. He's trying to rescue them. And he's saying, look, though you've gone astray and, and you've been in bondage physically in your history, but now you're just bound by these rules and you're blinded to who I am, I'm willing to set you free. And tonight, despite how messed up you and I are, God wants to set you free. God wants your heart. That, that his love is for us. His healing, his forgiveness for the things that we've done. He wants to come in. He wants to heal us of those things. Kind of like the bone has, will be kind of snapped back into place, but he wants to bring that healing. And tonight, maybe you're a Christian, you're like, Andrew, come on, man, I, I, I don't necessarily need this message. I've, I, I've heard it a lot, and I get that. I understand. I understand that this is probably something that is not really fresh and new. But I don't know about you, but just living in this world sometimes, I could use a reminder where true freedom comes from. I'm scrolling through my Instagram feed, talking with friends, saying, you know, I know you lived one way, but I lived this way, and I'm feeling great. Me kind of looking at my decision, saying, why did I live the way I live? I can doubt sometimes, right? But when we always bring it back to the word, when we always bring it back to true life experience, sometimes we need that reminder. And so tonight, maybe you've, you've heard all this with your heart if you're a Christian, but I, I want to encourage you to hear it from God saying that he wants you, that he want, whatever you're going through, he wants to walk through that with you. Whatever addiction or sin that you find yourself enslaved to, he wants to walk you out of that. And if you're new to faith or you're trying it out, you're not necessarily a Jesus follower, the cool thing is that Jesus saw and sees your sin and still wants you. The Bible says that he died for us while we were his enemy. And that means that it's not about my performance as much as it is about his performance and his love. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'm going to give you rest. Tonight, we don't serve an angry God. We serve one that wants to give us rest, that wants to give us freedom. But the conversation that Jesus is having continues. So he says, look, you're slaves of sin. But I can make you free. And then in verse 37, he kind of starts picking apart these guys a little bit. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. And see, Jesus being God knew their intentions, knew that they wanted to kill him. And here's why. Jesus was a threat. Everything Jesus stood for was inconvenient to how they wanted to live. And see, they believed, as Abraham's descendants, you know, Moses came, right? Moses gave the law. They believed, thou shalt not kill. (laughs) But in order to protect their ways, they were willing to violate their beliefs. And so Jesus calls them on it. And, and before we kind of say, wow, those people are terrible, I mean, we need to look at ourselves here and say, realize that there's a human desire inside me and in you to kind of push God away and kind of choose our own freedom. Kind of like it's a buffet. Like, oh, I'm going to have the chicken. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. A little, a little, no, I don't want the peas. Forget that. I'm going to have, and we kind of like treat freedom like it's that, like, or God's word, like it's like that, like, oh, here's all God's truth. Well, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we kind of just kind of choose our own freedom, but that's not how it works. 
Jesus continues in verse 38. Jesus says, I speak the things which I have seen with my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you heard from your father. Okay, so we just hit pause here. He's talking about two different fathers. And, and in verse, we skip down to verse 44. He kind of says what that is. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. Man, imagine being one of the disciples standing next to Jesus when he drops that on the crowd. Like, that's intense. That, that's insane. And maybe we could be looking at it and saying, wow, what's going on here? But what Jesus is doing is he's point blank stating what's happening here. These, these people rejected God and, and, and God, you know, Jesus being God knows their hearts, knows their motives and says, look, you're not being informed. Your agenda is not a f- informed by the living God. But it's informed by the person who controls the world, and that's the devil. So he basically says, your father's the devil to this group of people. And maybe we could take that as, wow, this guy's being offensive. Jesus is being really offensive to this crowd. But but here's what I kind of want to just back off a little bit on, kind of think about. The truth is actually offensive. And see, Jesus loved these people enough to call it for what it is. Call out the truth. And here's the awkward part, because I feel like so many times we have our own idea. We want to define what truth looks like and, and how, how the world works, right? But we really can't. It's really, truly one way. And what we kind of see in this passage, we kind of see the spiritual problem that, are, that, that we're in as, as individuals. We see that there's only two sides tonight. There's only two teams. There's no... Switzerland. There's no neutral area. It's either freedom or it's slavery. It's either light or it's darkness. Freedom in God or slavery to the devil. There's no in between. So when you and I, we live for ourselves, when you realize that living for ourselves is still living apart from God. And by default, that gives you over to another father. Even if it's unwanted or not approved by you, our father can become the devil. Doug said something in one of his message, messages a, a while ago. He said, if we stop worshiping God, who do we start worshiping? James 1.15 says, when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. And see, that's the devil's plan is to destroy my life and it's to destroy yours. But God has a different plan. He comes and seeks and to save the lost. And that is you and that is me. And the cool thing, the crazy thing actually, is that Jesus calls them out and says, you guys want to kill me, but later allows them to put him on a cross. When he decided, when he permitted, there were so many times where he, he just walked through clouds that, that were trying to kill him. But he finally, he lets them carry out their desires. And he takes the cross. He allowed himself to be spit upon, to be beaten, to be whipped and hung, to die. And maybe if you're trying to figure this out, you might ask the question, well, why does that have to happen? Like, we always hear that Jesus died. We always hear that he 
you know, was beaten, all these terrible things happened, but why does it have to happen? Because our world is in darkness. When Adam and Eve sinned, the devil bought us. And God, ever since, has set out to save. And his plan has always been Jesus. And so Jesus comes and he dies because sin needed to be paid for. And he purchased our, our souls back so that we could be free. And tonight, as we kind of just remind our hearts, maybe for the first time we're kind of just trying to wrap our mind around God and his ways. And tonight, I hope you would see this, that true freedom is found in Christ alone. True freedom is found in Christ alone. So the question is, are we free tonight? When we look at, you know, as a country, thank God, yes. But as we look at our individual souls, as we look at our lives, are we free? Because the truth is that culture doesn't really care about your freedom or your happiness. Culture really just cares about what sells, what looks awesome, what makes the green, what makes money. And every day we're, we kind of are sold this lie that living free brings freedom. And so tonight, are we free? And see, some of us, we know the pain of what it is to believe that lie. And so tonight, what I just want to kind of leave us on is that there is hope. Christ didn't die for perfect people. He wants to set you free. And so I just want to give us three kind of questions to ask as we leave here tonight. It's this. The first one is, what are you making excuses for? Man, I had some great people surround me at different times in my life and say, Andrew, you're just making excuses. Stop. What are, you, are we making excuses for? What things in your life? Two, what truths are you ignoring that is inconvenient to your life? What truths are you ignoring that are inconvenient to your life? That if I believe this truth, if I see this for how it is, then I'm going to have to do this. So therefore, I choose not to see it. Are there, is there anything inside your heart, your life, that you could look at here tonight. And three, what sin do you need to repent of? What sin do you need to repent of? As, you, as we just consider those questions, as you dig deep within yourself, just know this, that true freedom is found in Christ alone. And here tonight, if you're not a believer, I hope you see that we have a God that cares about us so much that he reached down. He steps onto the pages of history. He became flesh. He entered a world that he created to be hung on a cross by his creation, to buy us back so that we could be free tonight. We don't serve an angry God. We serve a God that wants your relationship. I hope you would see that, that we're just a bunch of people here that are just trying to get it right. No, tonight was a kind of a tough, uh, hammer-hitting type of message, but it's in these messages that hopefully we can course correct and find the freedom that Christ wants to give. And so tonight was a message to wake up, to snap out of it. Maybe our problems aren't going to be fixed here tonight, but we can leave with the hope that Jesus is for you, that there is hope, and that true freedom is in him, and true freedom is attainable. And let's just start walking towards it tonight. So tonight was kind of the why. 
Tonight was kind of like, why is this important? Why do we need to do that? But next week, we're going to dive in how, into how does this look? What does this look like? But for now, just know that Christ is for you. He loves you. And true freedom, true freedom is found in Christ alone. Would you guys just pray with me here tonight? God, it's the truth that can sometimes crush us. That makes your grace all the more shine so bright. Like a diamond on a black velvet background, God, it just shines through. And God, I just give just the context and the message here tonight to you, God, that the truth of you would be remembered and anything of me would be forgotten. But God, corporately, together, we just want to repent, God, and want to start walking towards you if we haven't been. And if we are, that we would be encouraged tonight to know, God, that you are for us. That you desire to be close. You desire to pick up the pieces. That you are a God that isn't afraid of our messes. You're not afraid of our imperfections, God, but that you walked into our imperfections to buy us out of the death that we so often walk into every day. I pray tonight that we would walk towards life and find it abundantly. And I thank you, God, that you, can, you are seated above every issue that is present in this room, every body that needs healing, every circumstance there where someone has been hurt, every financial issue, even the racism in America, God, and the fractured country that we are in. You are above all of these things. And God, we just give that to you. We pray love. God, we pray that you would help us to love one another, to be a force that loves well in your name, Jesus. So God, as we have an opportunity to respond to you in worship now. God, I just ask that we would just feel the weight of our sins and transgressions leaving us, God. As we walk towards true freedom in you, that we remind ourselves that though we may know this with our minds, God, that you would bring it down to our hearts and you would set us free here tonight. Jesus, if we don't know who you are, God, maybe this is, we're new to church, we're just checking out, I pray, God, that you would continue to speak to our hearts and continue to draw us closer to you. God, we just thank you for a night like this. We pray all this in the name of Jesus.